With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. The day has finally arrived. All of the farmer's markets you went to with your wife and kids, all of the soccer practices, the baseball practices, the time you had to spend away from football, it is over. The National Football League begins their regular season today. The Chiefs will take on the Lions, Amal Shaw. Dustin Sweetel said to Jonathan Von Tobel, we're here. Amal, you made an understatement. Before we came on the air, you told me, oh, JVT's fired up. No, 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 I'm not fired up. I'm beyond fired up. There is today, there is my children's birth, there is my wedding day. All beneath the emotions that I feel right now. The NFL's back, baby. What's up? I love how fired up you are, but you know what? Don't start the show out with a complete lie. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just be real here. You're acting like this is the first Tuesday or Wednesday during conference tournament week. I mean, it's not that good. Oh, come on. It's it's the best sports day of the year. You got to be with me. You wore the polo shirt. You're ready to go. Look, I would say that the fe- the tingle I'm getting in certain areas of my body yeah. are usually reserved for after hours. That's right. That's right. Man, I am so fired up. Kansas City Chiefs, Detroit Lions. As we know, the regular season begins. Let's start with where we've been this entire time, which is the line and pretty much where we've been sitting this whole thing, which is the Detroit Lions catching four and a half points against Kansas City Chiefs. We still don't know what the status of one Travis Kelsey is them all. And I think this, as we look at this line overall and wait for it, I am going to submit that what happened with the Utah-Florida game happens here. For those who don't remember, we had all these questions about Cameron Rising and whether or not he was going to play. Market freaked out when he did not or was reported as being um, extremely limited in practice, not being able to be fully clear. Market got all the way down to that game uh, to four, actually. It was floating right around this number. However, when the market officially, or when it was officially announced that Cameron Rising was not going to play, you actually saw the buyback on four, and it ended up closing five or five and a half. I'm willing to guess we get something similar here, Amal. I think there's a lot of smart people who realize that as good as Travis Kelsey is, he is not worth the two points that the market is already indicating that he is worth. And I will venture a guess that even if he does not play, we will close at about five, maybe even five and a half in this game for Kansas City. I think you make a lot of compelling arguments, and I think you're completely accurate in what you're saying. For me, the biggest thing is how does this impact Kansas City's efficiency in the red zone? He is a difference maker for this team. In my opinion, the best uh, receiving player in the NFL inside the red zone, whether it be running back, tight end, or wide receiver. He makes that much of a difference. 
Look, do you really believe that Detroit is this much improved? And I thought you made a great point yesterday, which was you give two points for a home field advantage for the Chiefs. If you make it to a neutral site, they're two, two and a half points better. Imagine yep. if there were the Super Bowl in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium in February and the Chiefs were two and a half point favorites over the Lions. Yep. Outside of the state of Michigan, is anybody betting on Detroit? I mean, I would even, exactly, or, you know, Super Bowl, we'll put it this way. Let's say for some reason Arrowhead shuts down and they have to go play in Houston, okay, for a week one regular season game. You're really going to tell me Kansas City's under a field goal in a regular season game against the Detroit Lions. No shot in I, any way, shape, or form. I agree with you. I'll tell you the play that intrigues me today is the team total on the Kansas City Chiefs. We talked about it yesterday. The amount of points this team's been able to put up in their week ones with Patrick Mahomes under center. Now this is going to be a sixth season getting the start, seventh year in the National Football League. This team has been dominant, and that's what Andy Reid has done coming off to start the season and also off of bye weeks historically. He's been great. This is a good spot for the Kansas City Chiefs. I can understand and appreciate the affinity for Detroit. But I'll tell you one thing I can't stand in our business. Everyone's talking about, oh, this is the sharp side. This is the sharp side. You know what's the sharp side, JBT? The one that wins the damn game and covers the spread. There you go. That's what I like to hear. Screw closing line value. It's all about winners at the end of the day. Uh, well, well, you can ahead. have all your closing line value from Utah all you want. How'd it work out for you? Or, or well, the better one is uh, Stanford, right? Or the best one <laughs> The best one is Florida State. How you doing, LSU? Did Florida, what, Florida State, what, 11-1 this year? What do you think? Who are they losing to? <laughs> I was trying to get you going your tangent. He went on like four times. 12 and all, baby. I've been telling you all summer. I, I have been, haven't I? That's right. I don't believe it. Big facts. I was going to say, I'm not going to deny it. No, um, this is a rare time he's got to agree with me. By the way, team total, 29 and a half. Is that what you were looking for, or would you look to play a different um, number? I th No, anything under 30 was yeah? the one okay. I was going to take a shot with. And if you get under 30 and a half, I thought it might be 30 and a half, just, but based on the numbers, you get 30. A couple things. You know, we talk about Justin Tucker. As soon as the Baltimore Ravens cross the 40, say, two yard. Uh, Maybe four, a 39-yard line, 56 yards as well within range. Harrison Butker, same thing. They've got immense confidence in him in terms of what he can do. This offense it can flourish. This going to be an interesting – I think we'll see more of a vertical passing game tonight. Your guy, Sky Moore, might make his first appearance since the Super Bowl, minus the That's first right. year and a half of his career when he was in witness protection. Will they cash my offensive rookie of the year ticket on Sky Moore if he has a big year? Yes. Okay, cool. What? No, he's joking. Well, he joke, made the joke. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm joking. There's somebody out there, you're an idiot. He's not a rookie anymore. I'm just kidding. Relax. It's not even in the account. It's digital. You know what I mean? So it's not even there anymore. Although Mike did hook us up with drinks yesterday. He does like me, so maybe he'll give me something. <laughs> I don't know. The jury's out. He actually us. liked Dustin. Oh, dude. Introduced us to a dangerous uh, delicacy at the bar. Uh, what Al was it? Toasted almond. Toasted to almond. A, a toasted almond white Russian. Okay. Oh. I had never had a white Russian before. The only thing I knew was a big Lebowski, so I'd never had one before. It always intrigued me. That was really good. It was fantastic. I was thinking about I actually had to walk away because I knew I wanted more. Right. If, if that was one of those where you didn't know there's alcohol in it, and you wouldn't know probably like yeah. four in, but it was very dangerous. All right, so you alluded to uh, what at least the number I have come up with, and I think a lot of people are somewhat in line. Uh, in doing my research in the offseason, home field being worth about 1.8 points. So it's not really worth that much anymore. But still, when you're going on the road and in the environment, we talked about this yesterday, Mo. And the grand spectrum of NFL stadiums and home fields, Kansas City would probably rank on the high end in terms of strength. Whatever you want to say, it's probably the stronger home field. It's probably even more challenging to open up on the road in an environment like that. So let's hear from Dan Campbell about this. He talked about with the media just about the challenges of playing in Arrowhead specifically. Yeah, I've uh, played there, coached there, and I, I just go back. It's an unbelievable environment. It really is. I mean, it, it's uh, – um, Man, to go on the road at a place like that, I, I, I just what I told my guys, man, embrace it, enjoy this. This is not a stressful. This shouldn't be stressful. This should be, uh, man, just 
you know, man, take it all in. Enjoy the sunlight, if you will. I know it's at night, but um, I mean, it's just, you know, when you're a true competitor, to go on the road in an environment like this, man, I, I think it really brings out the best in you. Um, and so we know what we have to do communication-wise. That's the big piece of this. And, and honestly, it's no different than any other game. Once you get through this early portion, even the openers on both sides of the ball, and now you're into the flow of the game. And uh, so, man, we just got to stay steady, consistent. No, don't get too high. Don't get too low. I can non-analytical take really quickly. I worry about Dan Campbell. In the sense that, okay, then the line was funny. Like, what is it? Enjoy the sunlight, even though it's a night game. Yeah. I'll take you back to last year. What game was it where Penny Sewell had the, uh, the catch on, on fourth down to, to ice the game? You remember this? I think I it was know. the Vikings. It was a very important game. It was, it was a fourth down play. But the story is, is that during that play, Dan Campbell got hypnotized by watching the wave in the stands. What game was it? Vikings, and it was in the fourth quarter. Yes, it was in the with fourth quarter. two minutes to go. It was to seal the game up. But the story is, is that Dan Campbell got so infatuated with the wave in the stands. He said it was one of the best waves he'd ever seen that he's getting asked in his headset, hey, I want to run this play with Panay Sewell on fourth down. And he all he hears is, bah, 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 bah. and he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, just go ahead and do it. And he turns around, and Panay Sewell's pulling in a catch to win the game. I'm worried here about the game manager that is Dan Campbell. He doesn't know if it's day or night. He's watching the wave and the stance in the fourth quarter of a divisional game. Are we sure that this is the guy? I think he's playing with everyone a little right. bit. I think he plays dumb. He knows everyone thinks he's a meathead. And I, don't, I do also don't think he makes a lot of the detailed decisions. I think he is kind of the culture creator, right? He curates the culture for the Lions, and he has – Two coordinators he trusts a lot. Ben Johnson, obviously, on offense. And then Aaron Glenn, who he's been with forever. They've come up together through the ranks. So I think that they have the power to make those calls, and he's kind of there as the CEO to oversee it. Now, it's a very laid-back, uh, Silicon Valley, wear sandals to work type CEO situation, but I don't think he's quite the quote-unquote game manager on game day. Yeah. You know, their stock options are not quite as good. But the reality <laughs> of it is, to me, guys, I, I think a little bit's made out of him, more out of him than really should be. I, this is a guy I think is an intelligent guy. I know sometimes maybe he doesn't present that way. He's not like the kid down in uh, Arizona, Gannon. I agree. This, I yeah. think a lot of this is intentional. Yeah, and also – Give me Gannon's a genius. Is that what you're going with? <laughs> That's one phrase I would use, but not the one I, I, I would go with referencing him. Honestly, I hope he's a genius because if not, I don't know what else to say about his personality. Uh, but Popcorn but fart. <laughs> it's, like, it's dry as hell. Man, I'm, I'm working with these two bathroom humor guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> Never heard that term, drier than a popcorn fart? I have now. Uh, but to me, I, I think sometimes what happens is we sit there because we're so interested in football. It's three hours a week for us, right? Like we're watching a game. These guys are living the 70, 80 hours a week. It doesn't surprise me that someone's going to be a little bit distracted. I get it's a late game situation. And it's a big deal. But trust me, yesterday is a perfect example. You repeated something. You said something about 78 seconds later. I repeated it because I was in deep space when you were talking about it. And so people yeah. often call you the Dan Campbell of sports betting. 
And what hey. you said was very similar to Penny Stool's catch with under two minutes to go to ice the game versus yeah, the yeah, Vikings. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> very similar indeed. All right, we're going to hear more from Dan Campbell because uh, as we talk about this, right, we're mentioning playing on the road, I would assume playing on the road in the opening night where the team and the fans are celebrating their championship squad for the first time since winning the Super Bowl. It is a little bit of a different environment. I'll ask you in the last 60 seconds of them all. One of the things that irritates me opening night of the NBA, yes, I'll bring it up to the NBA, but it'll tie to football. A lot of people like to go with, oh, ring night. It's a distraction. So the team that's at home might not be focused. Last 13 years, the team at home is like 10-3 and three straight up and 9-4 and four against the spread on ring night. Do you think there is an element of situational handicapping here of playing at home in front of your home crowd? We had a positive or a negative. No, I don't think so. I can appreciate people trying to use all types of different sentiments sure. to kind of justify their reasoning. I mean, let's be real here. There are people that would justify a reasoning. Detroit's flight landed seven minutes early into Kansas City. Hey, guys, they got a little bit extra time to prepare. Kind of I mean, hurts. the stupidity that comes people come with sometimes, it's beyond imaginable. But I, I don't think so. This team, when you look at what Patrick Mahomes has done, his worst record as a starting quarterback, I mean, this team has been 12-4 and four or better every year he's been a starter. Yep. Well, we got to find out what is going to happen with Kelsey. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the show. And we'll have a lot on this game, some props as well. We're going to hear from Dan Campbell 1.2 about using Jameer Gibbs. Maybe there's an angle there as well. Sharp Money, we're just getting started, and football is back, folks. Don't go anywhere. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
NFL regular season begins tonight, folks. You still got a few hours. Get ready for the season. Who are we kidding? Man, we still got a couple of days until Sunday when all of the teams play. So make sure you're ready to go. Visa Pro subscription gets your updated NFL betting guide, preseason predictions. We've been spending all preseason getting ready with these teams. Updated numbers and odds as well. Make sure you check out everything we have to offer. And there's some good articles in there, too, like contest betting strategies and more. Subscribe for as low as 19 bucks if you're not a pro subscriber now. Check it out now. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Jonathan Bontobel filling in for Patrick Maher. Amal Shaw, Dustin Swedelson are in their usual spots. Spots being here at the D Las Vegas, where later tonight, bread will be broken. Actually, I don't know. We don't know if we specifically will get bread, but. I pretty much eat at all restaurants that have bread. I'm a big guy. I like bread. I Of the accoutrement that you can get before a meal, I'm there with bread, but I think chips and salsa are the best one. I mean, we did my top ten appetizers list, and free bread was number one on the list. Really? Yeah, chips and salsa was on it, but I think there, there is a variance, to use a betting term, yes. with, with chips and salsa, where some places like to just open up a jar and throw some yes. bag chips down, and, like, that doesn't do it for me. I will say this. So you want to know one of the best meals I ever had? It was, I'll give them a pop, Mesa Grill. It's like a Bobby Flay spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you want to know why it was awesome? Because there was a guy who actually, I'm like 95% sure is in, a, in the sports betting community now, who, when I was dating Isabel, at the time we were just boyfriend-girlfriend, was really trying to get at her. So he gave her a $150 gift card to Mesa Grill, and guess who she took? Me. So it was one of the best meals I've ever had. That, that's a flex right there. <laughs> that the, is a flex. It was one of the best meals I've ever had. It was Not great. only was it free, but another man who wanted the girl you were with paid for it. That's right. By the way, the problem is, though, at Mesa Grill, I don't think it covered the total bill. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no but way. still, I mean, you get 150 bucks off the bill. No, but, I but agree. I bring that up too because they had this really good like corn like muffin with like a like a I don't know I don't know what it was. It was it was incredible. Well, if it's Bobby Flay's, he put chilies in it because he puts yes, chilies yeah, in everything. And it was spicy. Yeah. Real quick before we get back to football, where where are we going tonight? It's a good question. Maybe you can tweet at us suggestions, and if you want to pick up the tab because you want to hit on one of us, we'll we'll let sure. you do it. That's right. I'm just curious what your uh, guys' options are. The only requirement I said is they yeah, have to have the yeah, game I'm on all, It looks like JVT and I are very picky eaters. We should definitely – we wonder what right. our options are. <laughs> I can tell you this. I guarantee you're a pickier, more picky eater than I am. Really? Because if it's on a plate, it goes down my gullet. <laughs> It is. Uh, we'll decide. We'll decide. Maybe we don't want to let the uh, unwashed masses. No, of course not. We, we, we would love for you to come out and, uh, and say what's up. All right, so let's get back to this. Lions and Chiefs. I wanted to continue to build on the thought of, of home field and what we're talking about uh, with playing on the road. So let's hear from Dan Campbell one more time because he talked about the challenges specifically of playing at Arrowhead, but there are also the challenges of what I mentioned to you before we went to break them all, which is opening on the road, especially you know in the beginning of the season and when a team is, of course, playing for the first time after winning the Super Bowl. Here's what he had to say. It's the offensively the, the communication piece, right, knowing that you're, you're, you're not going to be able to go verbal. Um, and so that's really the difference is knowing, all right, well, right out of the gate offensively, uh, we have to be ready to communicate. And really, it's no different than if you're at home, our defense has to be ready to communicate non-verbally, right? Because your own crowd, our own, you know, Ford Field, which we'll worry about Seattle, that's where our defense now has to. So there's always a, a, a give and take, if you will. But I, to me, that's the most important piece of this is, is the offensive communication. I feel like we've been really good now. Three days in, we got the speakers going out there. We're blasting. We got two sides of it, you know, and we've got them driving the carts down. So we make sure that it's, uh, it's nonstop chaotic and you can't hear yourself think because um, if they can handle that now, they'll be ready Thursday night. 
This is it's something, look, travel's easier than it ever has been for these guys, right? It's, it's also why you're going to hear at some point this season, West Coast team making the trip out east and playing against them from an ATS standpoint. Since 2018, it's actually near 60% teams that have gone out east from west because the market is way overaccounted for it. And the other part of that, quote them all, these guys are, they have seen everything to this point, right? So you are doing everything possible to get ready for whatever scenario you're in. And talking about there are slight advantages, but it goes back to what the fascinating conversation is, which is playing at home is worth something, but it's just not worth that much anymore because these guys are always ready to go no matter what team it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. I'll tell you what, though, I think it's difficult to really simulate the noise that you're going to hear in Arrowhead. I mean, it just does not leave the stadium. It's going to be tough, but this team should be ready to go. They've got a great opportunity here. I think if they were to win this game, JVT, uh, you're going to take notice all around the league. But I still feel like Kansas City is going to win the game. And if you like the Lions to win the division, your better bet is to wait until Detroit wins, excuse me, Detroit loses today and Minnesota wins on Sunday. Gives you a good price on the winning the division as to laying a shorter number right now. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, I'm not somebody who believes in Detroit, but that is a good way to look at it, especially if they're underdogs here in this game. Now the line is shortening up, uh, but I wouldn't really buy into it. Dustin, you, I know you're busy. You said you're going to play first half. Are you thinking about playing first half here? Currently doing the computations as we speak. I'm looking back you're at the history numbers. of the Chiefs in the, in the first quarter, in the first half, and what I'm noticing right now so far is they're about 50-50 in the first quarter. And they mostly figure out in the in the half as a full. It looks like so far, I haven't looked at last year yet, but 21, dating back to when uh, Mahomes took over to, to 18, 21 versus Cleveland was the only time that, that I have found they lost both the first quarter and the first half. Okay. Which is very odd that it was Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. And yeah. So I'm going to see how they did last year. I'll get you the number. I will at some point come up before the show is over with a first half bet and maybe a couple more props here on the Chiefs to throw out there because – it is the opener. Like, yeah. why are we not going to have some funsies? Right, exactly. I mean, I bet, so I bet Kansas City minus four and a half. You recommended team total, anything under 30, right? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Those no, you're, you cor yeah? you're correct. Okay. Anything else that you were looking at for the game? Not yet, uh, but, you know, a couple of props. You mentioned Jameer Gibbs. I'm kind of curious to see what his yardage total is, in particular in terms of reception yardage, because I think it's going to be a great factor in this game for Detroit's offense. They're going to move the ball. Without Jones, it's going to have an impact on this team. Uh, I think Dustin has the number here. Um, he may not. I apologize if you don't. Getting a soundbite ready because Dan oh. Campbell actually uh, talked about Jameer Gibbs. Because, you know, Ben Johnson a few days ago came out and said, we're going to use him in revolutionary ways, which is like it's still football and he's still a running back. So it's like, how are you going to use him? This was a Dan Campbell had to say about Jameer Gibbs, his rookie running back out of Alabama, and how they plan on utilizing him tonight. We'd like to believe um, he's a pretty versatile player. Uh, there's there's things he can do certainly in the run game, but also in the pass game. So I can't tell you what all that would be right now. Uh, I'd rather not do that, but I don't know if he'll line up at punter. If that helps. Um, but he does, you know, he does have versatility. And uh, but this is also his first game out, and so we want to be smart with how we use him. Um, we certainly don't want to uh, overdo it, but but we want to have enough in to where we know he can help us win here. So, um, but he's in a good place. He's had a good week of practice. Rush, rush yards for Jameer Gibbs, 38 and a half over at DraftKings, shaded to the under at minus 120. Receiving yards, it's 31 the and a half, shaded to the over at minus 130. 31 and a half? 31 for receiving yards. Yeah, yep. I, I like the receiving yardage more than I do the rushing yardage total here with Gibbs. I don't know how much you watched him play at Georgia Tech and Alabama. This kid can fly. 
He is an absolute matchup nightmare. You know, as good as Bijan Robinson is, Bijan's a much better runner between the tackles, but Gibbs is every bit the receiver Robinson is uh, uh, in terms of once you get into open space. So I don't, I don't think that's a bad play there at all. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown could be an intriguing prop tonight in terms of yardage. He's gotten off to a great start in his career. I think he's got the flu a little bit under the radar simply because he was drafted later than expected coming out of USC. Uh, I like this offense, but again, I have question marks for both teams defensively. We talked about Jones not being in the lineup. I think this could be a game where Detroit is able to get some points as well. I just think Mahomes and company, though, are going to be able to flourish regardless of whether Kelsey's in the lineup. And I, I don't know where you come out, JVT. I know Dustin's kind of on the same page with me on this one. I firmly believe Travis Kelsey's not playing. Any bets made are predicated upon the fact that he's not going to be in the lineup. And I think it's the prudent move for the Kansas City Chiefs. You get three additional days. This is game one of 17. You've got enough time in case you lose this football game to make up for it. And you've got an important game against Jacksonville next week. Also, so Amal, I think that's the correct mindset, right? When you go into handicap a game, yeah. you can't handicap for all the ifs, ands, and maybes, right? Yeah. You go in, and this, I think, speaks to you and maybe your strategy. Would you say you're going to Bet thinking Kelsey's out of the game because now you have a plan of attack in-game if for some reason he does play to kind of get back in it? Oh, absolutely. But in my instance, I want to still take Kansas City's team total over 29 and a half. So for me, it's not going to make a difference. Kelsey playing is just a bonus, right? Like yeah, sure. It, you're not expecting him to go, and then all of a sudden he's in the lineup and what he brings to the table. Uh, also, if he does play, is there a concern that he's not as effective as he normally is because of a health situation with a potential hyperextended knee? Yeah, yeah and, and I think it opens stuff up for a lot of props. I think all of a sudden, I already bet, I put it in vsun.com slash picks. Sky Moore, over on his receiving yards. I'm looking at some touchdown scores. I think Kadarius Tony has a chance to find the end zone because when he's on the field, that guy does do that. I wouldn't go over his yard total, I don't think, if Kelsey is somehow out. But I do think he has a chance to, to get to the end zone because he's a big play guy. Are you guys moonlighting as Sky Moore's agents? <laughs> I just think the number's right. I think there's continuity there. He's one of the few guys that's coming back that he trusts in the air game. I, and I think I think he's going to take a jump from year one to year two. Uh, I mean, I haven't really actually spoken anything positive about him this year. I just keep going back to the fact that I've been offense regular the year last year, and it did absolutely. And the last time I saw him, he was scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's right. He had a quarter of a thousand yards last year. It's good. It's more than I had, that's for sure. By the way, uh, we're talking about this a lot. The website is filled with a ton of stuff, too. Check out vcin.com, including Stephanie Kamishak's first touchdown tracker and some week one picks in that regard. Well, I think we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Uh, we'll take our break here. We're not done with football by any stretch. Don't go anywhere. Sharp Money here on vcin, the Sports Betting Network. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Check out everything we have on the website that includes the betting splits data. You can check out money and bets for every single game. And the best part is they're updated every 10 minutes. So the information is up to date. It's not just for today's games, but future events as well. One of the many ways VSIN is here to help. Check it out now. VSIN.com. And if you're not a subscriber, get access to it by checking out your subscription options at VSIN.com. Slash subscribe. It is Sharp Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. JVT is filling in for Patrick Maher. I don't know why I referred to myself in the third person. I'm Jonathan Vontobel Malshaw and Dustin Swielson are here. Ben Raven is nice enough to give us some time here today. You can find the work MLive.com, Detroit Lions beat writer. Why are you laughing? Because you, you, the way you go third person on that one. I mean, too, you know, sometimes the arrogance is there. Uh, all right, Ben, uh, let's start with this. Uh, we had, a, I guess, a little bit of a scare, at least here nationally. You're much more tied into it. Uh, Frank Ragnow misses practice the other day. Uh, it doesn't seem serious. Can you update us on that? He is going to be good to go. 
Yeah, you know, this is a business as usual for Frank Rag now. You know, this kind of started last year, actually about two years ago when he had the initial surgery. You know, they kind of just have always made it sound like it's going to be a cautious a cautious approach with him to get him through the season because he really is just one of the, like, cornerstone pieces of this team and not just that offensive line, but he's going to be good to go. It was just a veteran maintenance day, and he's going to have about 17 to 25 of those this year, so business as usual. Ben, we were talking about Jameer Gibbs a little bit earlier because we heard a soundbite from Dan Campbell referencing him. Tell me a little bit of what you expect him to do tonight or how he could potentially be utilized. Oh, he's going to be utilized all over that field because without Jamison Williams out there for the first six weeks, he is this team's electric home run threat. He's going to share the field with David Montgomery at times. He's going to line up out wide. He's going to motion into the slot. He's going to do just about everything that you can do with a running back slash wide receiver like him. I mean, I, I really think just that's going to be someone that's just going to have a massive role right from the get. And I think Montgomery's going to have a massive role too. I mean, they're going to, they're going to change from what they did last year. Swift and Williams didn't share the field too much. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to utilize Montgomery and Gibbs at the same time, just because they really trust what they can give that offense. So I'm thinking a lot of involvement for the rookie to get his career started tonight. So one of the strengths that we can kind of build on this, because obviously it is this Lions offense, uh, but specifically along the offensive line, when you're facing a front that doesn't have Chris Jones, it's already an advantage. What do you predict in terms of this matchup? Lions offensive line versus a front without its best defensive player. Yeah, I think Ben Johnson and Jared Goff are probably licking their lips at how like how much trust and comfort they're going to have in their play action looks tonight. I mean, they're going to they're going to try and pound that ball. They're going to try and pound that rock with Monty up the gut. I mean, seriously. I mean, this is a that's that's a big 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 loss for this game for the Chiefs not having Chris Jones out there because I mean, you get Jared Goff comfortable in the play action, Chris Jones is there to disrupt disrupt things going to stay on script i mean they're they're going to really look to pound that rock and play play action football because there's going to be a whole lot of comfort in keeping jared go off on his feet and inside the pocket where they want him ben what's the single biggest improvement you see from this team from last year whether it be offensive side or defensive side of the ball when people can expect tonight depth 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 and depth especially on the defensive side of the ball you know not having emmanuel mosley tonight that hurts for sure but, I mean, Brian Branch, Brian Branch was so good through camp, so good through the preseason that he actually pushed pushed Tracy Walker as he voted captain. Uh, I think he's led the team in tackles three out of the last five years to the bench. Branch is going to start at the slot. That's a lot of depth. Gardner Johnson can move inside. You can get Tracy Walker in the safety look. So there's a lot of versatility in that defensive backfield. But, honestly, it's the room of edge rushers. Josh Pascal, last year's second-round pick, he's healthy again. He's looking like a stud. They got John Kaminsky back, Aiden Hutchinson at the top of that group. And then you get two back two veterans who just kind of got forgotten about last year, Charles Harris and Romeo Quara. I mean, Harris has looked like the no-doubt starter on the other side of Hutchinson on that defensive line. And we haven't even mentioned James Houston, who had like seven and a half sacks in eight weeks last year. I mean, there is just depth and depth and depth because I think you're going to see Kaminsky, Pascal, and Hutchinson kick inside just to get all those edge rushers on the field at times to try and, you know, disrupt Mahomes as much as possible. So it, building on that defensively, when you look at this, how like how realistic or what's the realistic leap we can expect from this defense from where they were last year? Well, last year they were 31 or 32, and I, I honestly – I've been asked this question a lot the last week, and I honestly think they can get into the top 15. You know, I don't think this is going to be a top 10 defense. I don't think this is going to be one of the elite defenses week in and week out, but I do think that they can go from that 32, that 31 range 
the top half of the league. And that's, that's a big first step for as much youth and as much new pieces they have on that defense. But it, it really feels like they've given Aaron Glenn all the pieces that he's ever wanted to do, to play his scheme the exact way he wants to play it, to keep offensive coordinators on their toes as much as possible by interchanging pieces. But, yeah, I really think this group can jump into that barely top half of the league mark. But that, that's a pretty big-time improvement from where they were last year. When you look at this team in this division, I would assume yourself, along with a lot of other people in the state of Michigan, are confident that this team's going to be able to win the division. Is that where you come out when you look at what the pieces that have been assembled for the Lions this year? Yeah, that was one of the exercises we did this week. And I got the Lions winning 11 games in the division. You know, I think the one sneaky team, it's weird to call the Packers sneaky, but I think people in Michigan, I think people around the NFC North are sleeping on the Packers and their potential just game-breaking defense this year. So I, I really do think the Packers are the threat, but I, I do. The Lions are no doubt favorites in my mind. You know, win or lose tonight, that's the that's the best all-around team in the NFC North. I, I do I do think that it's a division crown or disappointment. Ben Raven with us. So you can follow him on Twitter, Benjamin S. Raven, uh, also MLive.com, where you can find the news, Detroit Lions beat writer. Okay, so Ben, let's, if you look at it from that perspective, have you talked to them about that? Have they made, uh, have they given voice to the fact that they are the favorites? Like in the betting community, they are the favorites to win that division. That is a different role for a team that has, you know, had the past that the Detroit Lions have had. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, Dan and Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, the head coach and GM, they both have said, yeah, we expect to win this division. We've got the pieces. You know, the players are – there's a lot of outside talk about, oh, what happens with this team? Do they stay hungry or they, is the hype train getting too out of control? And I say no. And, I mean, I, I haven't seen any red flags in that department because, I mean, they realize that this team has not made the playoffs. They, they don't have anything – to celebrate, you know, so they're hungry. They're hungry. They think they have the pieces, the head coach and the GM. Calvin Johnson even coming out of the woodwork to say this team's winning the division this year and they expect to win that division. So the internal expectations are high, but, uh, you know, they're not getting too far ahead of themselves because staying hungry is like number one goal of this young team. Well, Counselor, you've made compelling arguments for why the Lions are going to win this division, <laughs> but I've got a little bit of pushback and I want you to address this one. They started the season last year 1-6, and six, finished 8-2. and two. Did the fact that they got off to such a slow start and then all of a sudden are in a situation where they have nothing to lose help catapult them that stretch, uh, the finish down the stretch? Oh, absolutely. I think there was just, uh, you know, when the pressure's off and you're, you're down and out and nobody's paying attention to you and you're 1-6 and six and out of the race, yeah, the, the pressure comes off. But I do think a lot of that improvement came with the youth growing up in the youth growing up in a hurry and Jared Goff just I mean such a Jared Goff gets a lot of credit for last season but Ben Johnson really just built this offense around Goff's strengths his comforts he's given Goff a voice at the table so he has a say on the offense I think that just has a enormous piece of the puzzle to it but honestly it was just the youth getting better I mean Aiden Hutchinson James Houston Kirby Joseph I mean they were starting a lot of rookies by the end of the season so it's just like they're still like a year and a half ahead of schedule than where we thought they were when they hired Campbell and Holmes in 2021. So it's kind of, I really give a lot of credit to that offensive line, Ben Johnson stabilizing and Jared Goff, Jared Goff being the most comfortable he's ever looked outside of that Super Bowl run, to be honest with you. But yeah, a lot of defensive youth jumps forward propelled that. Has Detroit come to terms with the thought that this is Ben Johnson's last year's our offensive coordinator? Because if everything goes as planned, he's probably getting a job, right? <laughs> it's, kind of hard to expect that guy not having a job like even if the lions disappoint and win eight or nine games if that offense remains a top 10 unit if jared goff 
continues to realize this career. I think everybody's come to grips with, if if not this year, the next. Because I mean, I think he's 36, 37 years old, and he just he that guy's getting a job, and they they know they're pretty lucky to even have him back this year. So that's that's fueling a lot of optimism, no doubt, around here. But yeah, I think everybody's real with that one, but. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of internal pieces that have been for the ride because the most interesting thing about Ben Johnson is that he actually started in Detroit with the Matt Patricia regime. So yep. just kind of an interesting couple of layers there for sure. Kind of worked his way up through the ranks, but yeah, I think everybody everybody kind of accepts that guy to be at the top of every team's wish list, looking for a new coach next January or February. MLive.com, where you can find his work. His name's Ben Raven. All right, Ben, we'll get you out of here in this last 45 seconds. What happens tonight? You know, I think uh, I think the Chiefs come out hot. I think the Chiefs come out hot and get a lead, but I think it's going to be a competitive, kind of high-scoring game. I really do. I think the Lions lose by 10, 14 points. I really, I really don't think they have enough firepower to keep up with this team. And you know, even without, if, if Travis Kelsey doesn't play, it's 50-50 at this point. <laughs> Reports going in both directions, but I, I think the Chiefs win by 10 to 14 points in a competitive yet convincing victory. Ben, we appreciate some time, man. Thank you very much. Enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we have a picture of you because we're on television. Great beard, man. Great beard. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Put a lot of work into that. <laughs> MLive.com. Thanks, man. Ben Raven, uh, you Detroit Lions beat writer. All right, we'll take our break. We are not done. Whole hours on Thursday Night Football. Mick Schaefer is going to join us. Dustin has me to thank for this. We'll talk the Kansas City Chiefs angle when we return here on Sharp Money. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on 
on VSIN, the sports betting network. Today is the best Thursday of the year because it's NFL opening night. Football's back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is hooking new customers up with a can't-miss offer to celebrate. Place your first $5 NFL bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Don't wait till kickoff to get in on the hype. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHARP. New customers get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5. It's code SHARP only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Before we get to our next guest, I want to update our audience really quickly. We'll have more on this a little bit later. Uh, Ian Rapport reporting. DJ Shark and Adam Thielen did not participate in practice today for the Carolina Panthers. So we can expand on that. But if you start to see the screen flash around for Carolina, Atlanta, could be the reason why. All right, let's welcome in our next guest, Mick Schaefer, sports director over at KSHB1 in Kansas City. Uh, 41, I should say, in Kansas City. He's nice enough to give us some time. Mick, it's good to talk to you again, man. So let's just start with this. The obvious uh, update on Travis Kelsey. The, the report seemed to spin some doubt on his status. What can you update us with? Yeah, guys, he's, uh, first of all, thanks for having me on, but he's, he's questionable. He's the only guy on the uh, injury report for Kansas City. So it's that coin flip going into the game. Uh, they just elevated Matt Bushman from the practice squad to the 53-man roster. He's a tight end as well. So some insurance there, right? It sounds like they're going to go with three tight ends regardless. You have Noah Gray and Blake Bell, and it's either going to be Kelsey or Bushman, that third um, tight end. So whatever, whatever um, – uh, status active or inactive Kelsey will catch Bushman will be uh, will be the opposite but uh, I think there's some cautious optimism that he will be active here guys and that uh, he'll at least get some snaps tonight oh wow I was not expecting you to say that at all Mick I thought they might play it cautiously but something to pay attention to there in terms of Noah Gray young man out of UMass excuse me out of Duke um how effective could he be? Because the one thing that Kelsey does better than anybody for my money is he opens up the red zone so well for Mahomes and Reeds in that offense. Uh, how much of an impact could Gray have tonight? Well, we'll see, right? I mean, that, I agree. I mean, um, he opens up the red zone. He's almost unguardable there because there's no real route he's running. He's just kind of feeling out the defense. And the only other guy that kind of is in his mind and knows what he's doing is Patrick Mahomes. And it does make you unguardable. And Noah Gray, probably not up. To that point yet but uh we'll see it, it would be a it would be a big big night for him because i mean this is the team guys that for the second year in a row lost their leading receiver from a year ago and you always have that crutch that is number 87 that is travis kelsey if you don't have him tonight it might be uh you know, you're, you're really testing the abilities of uh, patrick Mahomes. All right, so let's look at the wide receivers then. You know, assuming some limitation with Kelsey, whatever it's going to be, like who's the guy here in the wide receiver room for Patrick Mahomes? Is it Kadarius Tony, Marcus Valdez-Scantling? Is it our guy who we have been pitching, Sky Moore, for like the last two or three days? Uh, who is, who's the guy in the wide receiver room in your mind? I mean, Rasheed Rice, throw in Richie James. I mean, yep. throw in the Justin Ross. He's got all the hype all, all, all season long. I mean, nobody knows. We picked the other day on, the, on our radio station who we thought would be the Chiefs' leading receiver this year, not receiver in yards, but from that receiver group. We had four different answers, right? I think I went with the rookie receiver. Sky Moore, I think, was maybe the most popular pick. About his scantling, I think it's just going to continue to be kind of that deep threat. I don't see him as, like, that number one guy who's going to lead the team in receptions and, and yards. And then you bring up Kadarius Tony. I think he would be the most logical candidate, but been, he's been hurt all preseason. He was hurt a little bit last year when he came over uh, from the Giants. He was hurt in, in New York. So until he can kind of shed that label and he can become more reliable, uh, the answer is I don't know. I, I, I picked Rasheed Rice, uh, but I think Sky Moore might be the safest bet. 
Mick, take your sports director hat off for a second. You went to school in the state of Kansas. You're obviously probably, I'm assuming, a Chiefs fan lifelong. You cover a team that has just had incredible success. Mahomes has been just another level player that we've seen the last several decades in the National Football League. What's it been like to be around this team and cover them? And then outside of 15, what has been the key to the success, not just Mahomes, but what else has been a key ingredient? Uh, that's a great question. First of all, I grew up an Oklahoma State fan, didn't cheer for an NFL team, but whenever Thurman Thomas went to the Bills and Barry Sanders went to the Lions, I was cheering for Buffalo and Detroit. So it okay, pulled both ways tonight, right? Um, but um, it, it's a, you have to take a step back at times and realize kind of how surreal this is because this has never happened at this franchise. In five straight AFC championship games, Mahomes is obviously the straw that stirs the drink. One of my sons the other day was like, like you realize, like, because uh, he watches sports documentaries all the time. He was like, you realize, like, in 15, 20 years, they're going to come to you maybe and ask you on Netflix and just talk about the Mahomes mania. I'm like, oh yeah, they do always talk to like uh, you know former TV guys. But 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 secondary, I mean, without Mahomes, it's it's Andy Reid. He 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 elevated this this franchise from a two win team in 2012 to a team that hasn't what has missed the playoffs once in his tenure year. He 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 was there on the doorstep with Alex Smith. The last piece was. Uh, was Patrick Mahomes was a quarterback, was a franchise quarterback, was this, uh, you know, kind of football transcending quarterback who's now one of the faces of not just the NFL but of all sports in America. And they, they got him. And it's been, uh, it's been like I said, kind of a surreal five-plus years uh, ever since. And um, now he's, uh, he's talking about Mount Rushmore. Mick Schaefer with us. Austin and George Brett. It's, uh, but uh, Mahomes is the first guy etched in there. KSHB 41 News, that's where Mick works. All right, Mick, so let's – defensively, this is what I wanted to ask you. I'm a, I'm a Colts fan, and over the last few years, the Colts yeah. have actually gotten the Kansas City Chiefs, and part of the equation has been strong ground game, time of possession, and, and using that to their advantage. Detroit can do that, and now Chris Jones is not on the field. So what does this matchup look like defensively for Kansas City against an offensive line and a ground game that could be really potent? They can. I'm, I'm looking forward to see that, to seeing that tonight. I took the over. It's funny. I, I got on my DraftKings and I took the over, right? And I'm just, I'm not just sucking up for your sponsor, but uh, I think there's going to be a lot of sports, uh, a lot of points scored tonight um, between the two teams. Uh, Chris Jones will not be playing. Reportedly, he'll be at the building, but he will not be playing. And we saw in the preseason, there's a big difference in that defensive front and that push and that pass rush without number 95 in there. Um, so I think the, the Lions are going to score. I still like the Chiefs to cover. Because um, you have Mahomes, and you can just kind of go, go into his, you know, in his back. You open up that panel, and you just dial up about six more points. And I think they they can do that with this offense, even if Kelsey is is not involved. And so, but I yeah, I think I, I like the over. I, I wouldn't be surprised if both teams are over thirty points. These two guys. Monday night game several years ago, engaged in what like a fifty-four, fifty-one game uh, that was just all offense. I don't see it getting that out of hand. But I, I think it's going to be a big offensive night here. Mick, I like your lean on the over there. I said the Kansas City Chiefs, and assess this one for me here, over 29.5 points. I thought what you just alluded to is absolutely correct. Detroit's gotten better, but can they really slow down 15? I mean, he, he is surgical against everybody. Now you've got a middle-of-the-pack defense, maybe slightly above that, somewhere in the 12 to 18 range. I, I feel like even without Kelsey, or regardless of how effective he is, they're going to put up points. Yeah, I think this is going to be, I mean, at least for a night, Chiefs fans hope hope that it's only for one game. You're going to see the defense of maybe what Mahomes' first couple of years were like here to where you had to outscore opponents. Last year wasn't that way. 
uh, the last couple of years has gotten better. Uh, but without uh, without Chris Jones, I mean, with George Karloftis on the outside and, uh, you know, uh, FAU, Felix and UDK Uzama, their, their uh, you know, first-round draft pick, they're good defensive end, but they're not they're not game wreckers yet. Uh, Chris Jones is a game wrecker, and so they'll, they'll definitely miss his presence tonight. I just don't think it's going to be enough uh, to allow them to lose. Nick Schaefer with us. All right, so uh, let's go with um, when we were looking at this contest and a lot of the things that popped up. I want to go big picture. I'm going to steal a question that Amal had the other day for uh, Jesse Schaefer, who works out there in KC, which was of the teams that you've seen here for Kansas City, when this team is at full strength, how would you compare them to the, the last few teams that have made it to the Super Bowl and the two that won it? Well, I think I think they can be I think better overall than, than last year with a healthy healthy Travis Kelsey and with Chris Jones uh, back. This defense they they started they they played five um, rookies in the secondary last year. Those guys have grown up, got gotten better. Um, you know, Legarius Sneed again, a guy you have to worry about. His health. Um, he's a you know, he's a big uh, influencer on the on the defensive side. And, and the biggest thing, guys, why I say that, I, I know you know Juju Smith Schuster has gone from last year, but they've replaced their two tackles. And through three preseason games, granted they're preseason, they've looked a lot better. And I'm talking about Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith at right and left tackle than Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley looked last year. That uh, that was a weak spot in this offense. I think they've shorted up. We'll we'll see tonight. We'll watch and just see how much more time Mahomes has. But if you give them an extra second, I mean, that's, that's just lethal for, uh, for, for teams trying to defend him. So I think if everybody healthy, I think they can be just as good, maybe even better than they were last year. Mick, we appreciate some time today, sir. Thank you very much. Enjoy the game. Good luck on the over. Yeah, you bet, man. Thank you. I'll need it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Again, Mick Schaefer out there in Kansas City giving us some time. Uh, Dustin, you mentioned uh, texting me. Boyd's up to five? Yeah. Just look now, and uh, by the way, I do officially have my plays that we will get to later okay, we for will. the first half. I can't wait to hear those. Uh, and by the way, I'll just, you know, I'll do it now, even though it's not official. I said it would close at like five. It's getting there. It's hey, getting. I didn't say this to you yet so far right. today. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Hey, you hit on something. He, how about that nugget, though? He thinks Kelsey's going to play, huh? Yeah, I was a little bit surprised yep. by that. All right, second hour of Sharp Money on the way. Josh Applebaum joins us at the top of the hour. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.